Alex Emeline here, a.k.a. Totag and Tambo. Back to kick off the Week 17 edition of the Thursday Night Football Picks and Bet Show here on the Mayo Media Network. As always, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepicks.com. If you guys haven't yet signed up, still time to get in. Head on over, prizepicks.com. Use promo code MMN. Get yourself a 100% deposit bonus up to your first 100 bucks. Get loaded up for these playoffs that we've got upcoming. This week, going to be a little bit more cut and dry. We'll get to it as we can throughout, but lots going on with this slate. We've got Dallas at Tennessee. Dallas, an 11-point favorite on the road, just a 40-point total. So looking just over 14 points for the team total for Tennessee in this one is what it looks like right now, at least on most of the sports books. So going to be an interesting one. It's also a little bit tricky because we have news we're waiting on. Again, for a little bit of a weird example here, but we've got Tennessee who kind of doesn't really need this week. It's all but week 18 for them against the Jags. So on a short week, there's already whispers and talks around of, is there a chance they leave the questionable Derrick Henry on the bench? Do they go with somebody else? Same goes for the Dallas side. They have Pollard questionable. Looks a little bit more like if he can get some practice in here on Wednesday, he'll get into the game on Thursday. But either way, not a particularly good game from that perspective. From a prize picks perspective, we'll get to it in a second. I've got one for this week. We're gonna They're going to hold off and wait on the Tennessee side, but a lot to talk about later when we get to the DraftKings segment, the showdown slate, I think will be pretty interesting. We'll talk a little bit about the week coming up. Of course, Mayo and myself be right here on this very channel on Friday doing maybe one of the last live shows as well. So we made a couple more of those, but just to keep in mind, the live in-studio show Friday's free on this network. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe if you haven't already so you can get the notifications turned on for that. You guys want more of my stuff? Again, PGA is coming up. We got a lot more content going to be here on the Mayo Media Network. And then as well, of course, at rumpuresports.com. Get that out of the way right now. You guys can head over to rumpuresports.com. Sign up, check it out, get all sports for one price. But the big thing with golf coming, we have golf, basketball, MMA, all the other sports going on. And then, of course, the football playoffs as they round out. So check us out there. Mention it off the top. Like I said, this game, big spread. Cowboys favored huge on the road. We'll wait and see on some of that injury stuff with Henry. Uh, you know, I he could still play. One of the other things going on with Henry here that's at least kind of interesting, not sure how much the coaches himself, everybody want to get after this with needing the win in week 18, but he's only 110 yards behind Josh Jacobs for the rushing leader. He's only got, I think it's 60 or 70 in the separation over Nick Chubb, who said himself he expects to round out the season and play full through. So he's going for it. So between those three, they want to play Henry here. I mean, he definitely could keep this game in check and change things up just a little bit. But we'll talk more about that when we get through to the DraftKings segment just here in a little bit. But first up, as always, going to talk prize picks with you guys. You only got one. Like I said, the one that I'm rolling with is the pretty obvious here. It's the guy that I expect to be in the game out of the gate, Dak Prescott. Expect him to be the guy throwing at all times. We'll see till at least later in the game. Maybe then they bring in the backups, things like that. But the best way to beat Tennessee is through the air. I'm going with Dak Prescott. Over 245 and a half passing yards. You have to wait to pair it up with something again on the Tennessee side or pair it with something from the weekend. Maybe see something down the stretch here. But I would just say, go with Dak. Go with the trusted source, the trusted way to beat this team. And even if they let off the gas later in the game, 245 and a half yards is very achievable for how he's been playing. And then, of course, he's got guys like CeeDee Lamb. His number 71 and a half. You've got guys like Gallup. Guys like Noah Brown. There, there's lots of options there for him to pass through. And hell, even last weekend, we had T.Y. Hilton out there catching passes too. So who knows what this Dallas team is going to do, but the one thing I do feel comfortable with is the Dak Prescott play over 245 and a half passing yards for this week on prize picks. All right, like I said, the show is going to go a little bit faster this week just because the way the se- the season's rounding out, the way we- the news cycle, we won't have it. Not going to know it probably till game time for Pollard and for Henry. So keep an eye on that stuff. 
But just talking through it and looking at it, at least as of now, going over to DraftKings, just have a look here. Captain slot, C.D. Lamb, 17,100. Derrick Henry, 16,200. Dak, the aforementioned Dak Prescott, 15,900. Tony Pollard, 13-8 if he's in the game there. Zeke right behind him at 13-2. And then Malik Willis sort of rounds out that upper echelon. After that, you've got Gallup, Schultz. Uh, you can scroll down through it and see Noah Brown, Robert Woods, Chig, Okonkwu. You got other guys down there that we can play. Most of them will probably be relegated to flex. But just going through it quickly here to look at some potential captains. One thing to note, if Derrick Henry is in, it says right now, early projections, that his ownership will be high. But we'll have to wait and see because, again, if we don't get the news till the very end, I think a lot of people will build without him or with him out in mind. We'll get the news at some point. But still, if you wanted to go Henry, it would be a way to leverage this slate because obviously with the Cowboys being such a uh, huge favorite, even on the road, 11-point favorite just means they're likely to win by two touchdowns here. If they were at home is how you'd flip the line the other side. I would say if you look at it from that perspective, Henry and the captain – well, it could get some ownership, may end up being lower than what the projection sites have just based on that setup. I think a lot of people here, with good reason, go 5-1-4-2 Cowboys. I'll probably have a lot of that as well, but I'll definitely definitely leverage the slate some and have some of the other side. If you wanted to go Derrick Henry, maybe pair it with the Tennessee defense, one receiver to pick up some PPR points, and then three Cowboys would be a way to be very unique just on the opposite side, just thinking out loud. So that looks... To be a good option. Going down through some of the other guys. So Schultz stands out to me quite a bit. Mainly just because he's cheap. And then we could fit. He, again, he can get double digit DraftKings points. That's great for up top. Especially on a slate like this. And then he allows you to fit all those volume guys. Where if Dallas decides not to just completely pound them through the air for whatever reason. And it does slow it down a little bit. You're going to want all those volume spots that add up. So if Pollard's in. It's probably him. Because the rushing and passing gives him a little better floor and ceiling. Lamb has been playing great football. You're going to want Dak if you've got Schultz up top, likely. So that can sort of fill it out, and then you can just pick and choose your spots on the Tennessee side. So I think Schultz makes a lot of sense there. Lamb is one that could be overowned. Him and Henry, to be honest, both could be. If we get the news early tomorrow, Henry is playing. I think Henry would spike up, contrary to my earlier point, where then I could see where Henry and Lamb are guys that are just a little bit overowned, and maybe you want to lay off of them a little bit at captain or cap them in the sense that you're not playing them as much as the field, maybe go underweight, whatever it is, and that'll allow you to still get overweight on some of the other spots. So um, same with Tony Pollard. He looks that way as well. Even Zeke, the running back. So looking at some of the other guys, Dak, we know what he's going to do. We know to pair him up with. That makes sense to me. Noah Brown has had himself some very big games. I think he can make some sense. And then lastly, Brett Mayer, the kicker. He's only, what is he up top here? I think he's 4,200 in the flex. So yeah, 6,300 up top. He leaves you almost 9,000 per position. And then if you go, like, let's just do the obvious build for a second. If you go Dak, because he makes sense. You go Lamb, because they should pass it around a bunch. You go Schultz, who we talked about. You still have over 7,500 bucks left for your last two spots. So I don't think it'll be unowned i think it'll be a little bit popular but just of note it definitely makes sense for a good build especially in a higher dollar smaller field i think that makes sense just pounding in all the volume and the guys that should get targets and opportunities and building it out from there so i don't hate that tennessee side like i said it'll be very tough for me to get to i guess three guys i could consider there one would be derrick henry if he plays two would be malik willis you're just getting the opposite quarterback of dak up top he is 8600 in the flex so what is he 80 sorry Go back to it here. He is 12-9 up top. Likely going to want to pair him up with at least one player. And the other guy I would consider up top in the captain was Traylon Burks. 
Just continue to see what they got with him. I don't think it's great having him there with Malik Willis. I think we'd like a better a better throwing quarterback to have with him. But flipping it the other way, if you wanted to go Malik Willis, Traylon Burks, and I don't know, maybe Chig, who I mentioned uh, for Tennessee on the other side, that leaves you almost 9,000 per. And you've got a completely different build than what the rest of the field is doing. Uh, Chig, I don't think I could put up top. It just doesn't, doesn't seem as likely. But yeah, so pretty much for me, the guys I'd be looking at, Henry and Lamb could be over-owned. Same with Pollard and Zeke. Consider those four, but just think of the ownership. I like Schultz. I like Dak. I like the um, Noah Brown play. And then on the other side, if I was going Malik Willis, Traylon Burks, Gallup, I guess I could squeeze in there as well. I forgot to mention him. And then Brett Mayer, the kicker for the Cowboys to round it out. Going to flex, just a quick note. I'll talk about the, the segment here for a second because Hassan Haskins is 3,000 in the flex. If it is a guy that comes in for Henry, you think it would be him? I mean, he's got a couple targets already, even in the last two games there. So I think you could look at him. The other guy, I didn't believe this was real, but it actually is, is, sounds like Joey Chestnut's brother. You know, maybe a, a hot dog eating contest would be better than watching this game. I'm not quite sure, but Julius Chestnut is the other guy at running back for, for Tennessee that we could see in there. I think it was back in week 13, he got five attempts. Week 14, he got a couple of targets. So He's a guy that can mix in. He's just $1,400 in the flex. Not sure exactly how much of these guys I would use, but if Henry's out, of course, they would get into the mix. Even then, still looking at angles of maybe a 5-1 Cowboys with one of these guys as a lesser-owned Tennessee option where most go to Willis or to Burks or to Chig or something like that. You could do it that way or pair these guys up with one pass catcher. So maybe it's a guy like Chestnut. If Again, if Henry is out, Chestnut with a... Burks or something like that and then you still have four Cowboys on the other side but you have two sort of under-owned Tennessee guys on the opposite side so that's some consideration there I think uh, looking at it from the other perspective Bullock has not been great no no real major fantasy points so not in love with the kicker for Tennessee especially if they're going to be down in this game would have no reason to really kick it there I think Tennessee D the Titans D at 3200 is interesting if you're going to leverage it like again where you're playing that side of the game against the Cowboys. It's just the, the spread is the spread for a reason. It is in Tennessee. They do have Rabel as a coach. You never know, but with Malik Willis, and if especially, if no Henry, it's going to be very tough to get there, even if you're doing it just from that perspective of the opposite side. Uh, Conley is down there. I think he got a couple weeks ago, three targets, one target, one target. He can get, you know, nothing special, but he's also down there at 1,200. Another guy that stands out to me, though, this is just an option, mainly from a, you know, floor perspective, but the fact that he spiked in a couple of those weeks, just 600 bucks. Peyton Hendershot, if you, again, a lot of people are going to be playing Schultz on this slate, and for good reason. Hendershot does have, just a couple weeks ago, nine points with the target for the touchdown. A few weeks before that, 6.2. A few weeks before that, 8.5. 7.3. A few weeks before that, it's in spike weeks. But this could be one of those, especially if they shut things down later in the game. He's a guy at just 600 that I definitely think you could consider. So that's going to do it for the DraftKings segment for this week, guys, for the, the showdown slate. Like I said, it's going to be quick. You're going to have to find out more angles tomorrow. If you're a member at Rumpier Sports, you can get over there myself, Big T, and then JSU. We'll all be doing our Print Factory show. It's a premium show, one of the only ones we have. But Thursday Night Football has been very successful this year for us. And that's because we go in and dissect it just that much further once we get the final news. Going to the main slate now, if you want to have us dissect it with more of the final news, the optimals, the ownership percentage, roster construction, all of those things, you probably already watch it if you're watching this show. But if you don't, get back here on Friday. Myself, Mayo, record live in studio at his place 
going over the entire main slate, breaking it all down, getting some good line. He built the lineup on that show a couple weeks ago that won $10,000. We built a lineup on that show a month ago that got sixth. Well, sorry, got us into King of the Beach where I got sixth. So lots of good builds on that show and conversation just around building lineups in general, game theory for the week, talking about the slate as a whole and getting a leg up on the competition wherever we can. So check that show out. It's free on this channel on Friday. So if you haven't done so yet, hit that subscribe button to the Mayo Media Network and check us out on Friday. Let's hop over. Let's go to this main slate here. I talked about it a little bit already off the top, but just some notes here as well. Jalen Hurts, Tua, two quarterbacks that we got to wait on. It sounds like Tua has suffered another concussion. I know it's going to go down on paper as two, but if we watched and you watched, probably see it as three. So really difficult situation there. So I don't think we're going to see Tua this week. They've got an investigation launched and all these other factors. Jalen Hurts, Sirianni keeps saying he's built different and you could see him play. I know all the best ball bros would love to see Jalen Hurts out there this week. This week, a lot of the teams that obviously made it to the finals were in a big portion because of the season that Jalen Hurts has had. There is definitely a possibility, especially with how good Minshew looked last week, that they could rest Hurts here as well. So you have to wait on that news. Mahomes, speaking of, uh, you know, another good quarterback that's had a great season, Mahomes, Back up top, you guys know if you've watched any of the shows, I never play him because 20, I mean, he had a 35 two weeks ago and still wasn't needed other weeks, 23, 25, 19, 22, just week, just things you don't need. And it's very hard to get them right. When we talk on that Friday show, it's a lot about stacking and it's very hard to figure out who to stack Mahomes with beyond the obvious of a guy like Kelsey. But then you got to remember when Kelsey is 8,100, mind you this week, we'll get to it in a second, a great matchup against Denver. So this is the week that if you were going to do it, it would definitely make a lot of sense. But when you've got Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, Devontae Adams, Amon Ra, A.J. Brown, Hopkins, guys that we should see bounce back weeks from, and then at running back, you've got McCaffrey, Eckler, Barkley, Jacobs, Chubb, Connor, all these guys, it is really tough to click the button, especially when half those guys I mentioned are cheaper than Kelsey. So just stacking at the quarterback position becomes a little bit tougher from that perspective. Aaron Rodgers, Gets the matchup this week at 6,000. Going back to quarterback here for a second. Aaron Rodgers going up against Minnesota. So that's something you could definitely consider at just 6,000 bucks here. I think that's an, an awesome spot. We know who his pairing partners are. It's hard to get it right. But when you have Dobbs, Watson, Tunyon, and of course, Lazard, it, it's kind of set up for that. So I don't hate that. They're at home here. So I think that's a good spot. Opposite side, obviously, Cousins. If you want to get to a follow-up performance from a guy like Hawkinson, or if you want to go back to Jefferson, those guys just continue to rake and do quite well there. The other spot is the Detroit-Chicago matchup. So just going to the totals here really quickly, Detroit-Chicago is 52 as of recording. Going down to some of the other spots just to see what else we've got here. The the Pittsburgh-Baltimore game got flexed into Sunday evening, so the Rams-Chargers move back to the main slate. Only 41 points for Rams-Chargers, but Minnesota-Green Bay, who I mentioned already, the second highest total at 48.5. The Saints and the Eagles sits at 44, kind of on the fence of if Hurts is going to be in or not. We'll wait and see. Denver-KC, heavily favored to Kansas City side, so we could see a lot of run game segue there in a second with a total of 45 but the Detroit-Chicago one is the last one I'm going to touch on at quarterback because you've got Goff at home, right, back down. So he's at 5,600. Last week, finally got it done on the road. But this is my point. The It's funny enough, the week 15, when, when Mahomes had the big week, his biggest week of his last four was a bad week for Goff. But the other weeks, Goff, 29.7, 29.1, 24.6. I mean, he's been crushing it lately, and he's been doing pretty much the same thing as Trevor Lawrence. Even last week, had to sort of bounce back from a slower start. 
to get into the mix and still put up almost 30 DraftKings points, or you could round it up. So just to note that he's down at 5,600. I think we, we see him become just a little bit popular. Remember, that game is good on the ground as well. Chicago's been beat plenty of times this season on the ground. So some, some performances come to mind. The Pollard 45-plus point week against Chicago on the ground. Some other big ones as well. Fields on the opposite side of that. Great spot for him here in a dome. The rushing numbers he's been putting up and a potential flop leg. Not really because flop leg includes ownership in my my mind at least. But uh, And he wasn't owned last week. But just of note, last week only nine DraftKings points. So if you could get back on him here and see him put up bigger numbers. Obviously we've seen 43, 45. You've got 26, 24, 24, 24. Like just plenty of great performances and just $7,900 here in this spot, depending on how you want to stack it up, I guess is what it really comes down to. Commit just 4,500 bucks. You want to go there and then pick somebody from the Detroit side, Amon Ross St. Brown, 7,800. Chark has really been doing quite well lately. Even last week, I know Mayo and I talked about it on the show, it was definitely that tougher matchup, but he still goes out and puts up five catches for 108 for 17.8 DraftKings points. So just of note there. Going to running back though, let's talk about it quickly here. McCaffrey up top. This would be flop leg, Uh, you know, just crushed everybody last week, myself included at huge ownership, put up only 13.8 DraftKings points, now gets a price bump to 9,000. So that makes it just a little bit tougher for people to click that probably, especially after a bad last week. So I'll likely be going back there. I think that's interesting based on the price bump and the disappointment from last week. Eckler continues to annoy everybody. I think it feels like you can just never get this guy right if you're off him. It's 25, it's 24, it's 24. If you're on them, it's 14 or it's 15. And the sick part is, is the touchdowns. Two, one, one. Plenty of weeks here. I think he's got the second most touchdowns on the season to Jamal Williams. I can't, don't quote me on that one, but just in general of note, I mean, it's 50 to 55% of the snaps. Joshua Kelly is playing a ton. Joshua Kelly is getting red zone carries, yet somehow, some way, Eckler is still coming away with these touchdowns. So something to keep in mind. He's 8,500 bucks. I could see going there. Scrolling down, James Conner just getting an absolute huge workload. Him going up against Atlanta looks awesome here at 7,200. On the opposite side of that game, I'm hearing some early love already for Tyler Algier. It's two good weeks, 15.7 and 25.6 with 17 and 18 attempts, including five targets last week. And he's still putting up those DraftKings points. So I definitely think people could get there at 5,300. Talked about the Detroit guys on the ground. Again, I know people keep wanting to make Swift work. It's been bad. 3, 12, 6. The 21 was nice against Jacksonville, but 10 before that, 12 before that, 8, 8. Like, it's just been bad for Swift. This would be a spot in the game stacks, though. I always like using him in the game stacks because I feel like if he goes off, it's what sets the pace up. Now we get Fields coming back the other way. It comes from Goff, likely in the passing game. You can set those up quite nicely, so I don't hate that. You've got Pacheco and McKinnon, similar to last week where they were 57 and 59. Now McKinnon has gone up $100 to $6,059. Pacheco has gone down $100 from $57 to $56. They're at home, huge favorite, almost two touchdown favorite. Pacheco's been very steady. 14, 15, 13, 14, 22. Getting a lot of carries. Makes sense to go back to him. McKinnon has been continuing to run pretty good, almost like Eckler in a sense. Last week started out early with that pass catching touchdown. And then after that, it went downhill from there. And he only ended at 12. But the weeks before, 34, 35, getting his targets, 8 and 9. They went down to 3. So that would worry me some. I kind of like the Pacheco call, sorry. But if you want to go there, I I wouldn't hate it. Just looking to see if there's anybody else I want to talk about here at running back. Josh Jacobs, Nick Chubb. Only mentioned them. Very bad matchups for them on the ground. 
74 and 7300 fair prices for the matchups but of note like I said if you got the setup there Josh Jacobs first on the rushing leader list uh, Nick Chubb third with you know a couple games to go so I, I think there's definitely an opportunity there for them to get the workload it's just what you think they do with it and then Dalvin Cook I guess within that game environment uh, failed again last week again people played him based on the matchup it ended up being Barkley on the opposite side of that matchup that had the big week he's here this week as well Barkley goes up against Indianapolis but just looking at that and then the last thing to take note of is the ankle injury for Aaron Jones uh, came out of the game there to be honest he wasn't getting the work anyway for the most part you know at the start of the game it was a lot of Dylan anyway and then when we saw the touchdown and the injury and all that Dylan is coming off 13 22 21 18 so I don't mind him. Again, I'd probably pair him more in with the game stacks or if you want to do a secondary stack to just get a piece of this game. We saw that work quite nicely last week where if you just had Barkley and Hawkinson with Dak and Lamb and Devontae Smith on the other side of that matchup, you could set yourself up pretty well last week in these bigger, larger, in these large field tournaments with these bigger prize pools. So I don't hate that either. ETN, another guy I think will be very popular this week. I'll mention him last 6,400, still getting all the volume. Still, like, even more. Look, his his carries, surprisingly, scores haven't completely gone up. His best score in the last four weeks is only 16.7. But Detroit, Tennessee, Dallas, the, Jet, the Jets are his last four games. 13, 17, then 19, then 22. And his targets are 3, 0, 3, and 3. So even targets pretty much across the board besides that one week. So I think people will go there. It's a good price. But just of note, it hasn't panned out yet. The one note I will make is I believe he is fourth on the list for red zone carries after the guys that you would expect because the guys that have the most red zone carries are the guys with all the touchdowns Jamal Williams Eckler and there's one more so just a note on that the opportunity could start to pay off at any given moment so that's a quick note on ETN wide receiver not going to spend a bunch of time even on tight end to be honest to round it out it's going to go for me at least it's going to coincide with what you're doing with your quarterback so Jefferson fits that game stack Tyreeks against New England again we saw Higgins have a pretty good game against him. I don't think it's the same skill type exactly, but just to point out that, you know, I think most people think of Tyreek more of like Chase just for their name and their number one spot and all that. But Higgins has been really good when Chase has been out there. Tyreek is out here. Waddle's been having some big games. It may be time to flip it. So maybe you can go to Tyreek. Everyone says Belichick will shut down the number one weapon. Sometimes you got to remember these top guys, it's tough to shut them down at all. And the shutting them down may be sort of their floor plus 20%. And that's still pretty good score on these slates. So depending on how you see the slate playing out, Devontae Adams, no clue what happened last week. Again, still got the nine targets. So he's 9, 9, 7, 12, 11, but only one of those games over 14 DraftKings points, where of course it was the 40.7 week, which is awesome. But of note, that is a little bit tricky to get geared down on because at 8,500, you're going to need a lot more than 14 DraftKings points. So do with it what you will. The Detroit Chicago matchup there, I talked about Amon Ra. You can fit him into that. Uh, just scrolling down to see if there's anybody else I really want to hit on here. You know, the, the Denver and Tampa guys, Judy, in that matchup, especially if they're down, if you want to get a little secondary stack going of maybe Pacheco with the carries that have been there, Jerry Judy with the targets that have been there. We're coming off 10, 8, and 9 the last three games for 21, 15, and 33 DraftKings points. So that secondary stack stands out just a little bit. And then going down, like I said, there's going to be lots of other guys you can consider. The Green Bay guys, Lazard, Watson. Again, wait and see on Watson, it sounds like he's day-to-day, but probably will go. We'll see if not. Lazard, Dobbs, those guys, even Cobb, might become a little bit more popular in that sense. Sutton is at 5,100 if you wanted to pivot 
and a leverage spot, both off of Judy. You can you can drop down to him for cheaper. And I would I would expect Judy gets the ownership over him just based on the game log the last three weeks. Going to tight end, just lastly to round out the show, talked about Kelsey already. If you believe in the, the Kittle resurgence, I mean, it's been two huge games that he's had, 33 and 25 DraftKings points. Now he gets to go up against Vegas, uh, especially if CMC is going to be popular. I could see getting some of him in the mix. He's just been playing great football. Purdy going to him just a little bit more, so I don't hate that. You want to go back to Hawkinson, again, for me, probably not, or within those game stacks only is how I would see it. Higby had a huge week last week, 11 targets. I know we're not expecting the two touchdowns again to get 30 DraftKings points, but he is only 4,600. So if you think the targets stay, I mean, even if it's not 11, let's say seven to 10, and you feel good about that, I don't think he's bad because they are very catchable balls for him. And that's why you see the numbers that you see with him, right? Nine for 11, four for five, two for three, all the times, eight for eight, seven for 10, 10 for 14. When he's getting targets, they're very catchable balls and he can't really run. So he just catches it and falls on it. That's why it's good for fantasy because they can just rack up quickly. So keep that in mind. Cole Komet, I talked about earlier, pairing him up. Uh, just going back, one thing I didn't mention was Trevor Lawrence. Again, a rough week for him against the Jets for what he's been doing, but it was still almost 20 DraftKings points. It's not that bad considering 6,200. And if he can get back to that 25 plus here, it would make sense. I thought of it because going to his guys here, you've got Ingram at tight end, who I think is interesting and worth mentioning, especially if people are going to be going to ETN. You can also play him with ETN with those three targets. If he takes one of those to the house, that's going to pop prop, sorry, both of those guys up. So you could definitely go there as well. I'll leave it at that though for this week, guys. I think that's a lot. I'm not sure 100% if this will be the last show of the season for NFL. I know we're going to be doing some prize pick stuff on the Fantasy Golf Degenerates podcast this year, a segment, an extra setup, some picks, myself, Kenny Kim on this channel. So check that out. I know Mayo and I will be back with the PGA show in studio. I believe it will be recorded on Wednesdays and out to you guys as soon as possible for a similar style to last year, blended with what we started on this year for NFL. So I think you guys will love that. If you want to follow me on Twitter, you can find me at Totag and Tambo. The tidbits will end soon for NFL and move back to golf. So if you're in the golf markets, if you're not in the golf markets, like I said, get to Rumpier Sports, go to my Twitter. It's so much alike. I can't sell this enough to try and make people understand. If you play, when, before I ever did any of this stuff full time, the reason I played PGA and NFL without even being a huge golf fan originally and then fell in love with it was because those were what I called weekly DFS sports. And then they added showdown and more fun to it, which we can get into. We will have free showdown shows for golf, two on this channel on the Mail Media Network, Thursday night and Friday night. So for round two and round three, I'll be hosting both of those with guests, Hoop, AP, Snyder, guys like that from Run Pure. But just to note it quickly, it's so similar, right? You're putting your money in weekly, like football. You're putting it in and you actually get more sweat out of it. You get the Friday cut sweat. You hopefully get the Sunday sweat. Sometimes you even get a Thursday morning late withdrawal sweat. No late swap. So we'll see if that ever comes into play like it did with MMA. But just to note that there's a lot of fun in golf. You're only picking six golfers. I say only, but you don't have to do all this correlation stuff if you don't want to. You don't have to dig in to all the who pairs with who, who stacks with who, all that. You can do certain things that we'll talk about throughout the season with strategy perspective. But, and game theory is huge, ownership, huge. That's why I want to catch the Wednesday show with us. But just to note, there's a lot of fun in it. And then with the showdown slates, it's like having Thursday night football, Sunday night football, Monday night football. They're just back to back to back, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. So really good for someone who has a family or works a lot, kids, things like that. Easy to get into, a fun sport to track. There's a lot of data, tools, things like that to make it even more fun and exciting for yourself. So check out golf. 
If you haven't already, there's going to be a ton of great content here, run pure on my Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Check me out there. Other than that, guys, I wanted to say thank you. This is the last NFL show for the season. I appreciate all the support. All of you watching, always retweeting my stuff, liking, commenting, getting things out there, helping me get better, provide better for you. So thank you so much for that. That's going to do it for this week, guys. Thank you and good luck in your contest this week.